are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a jam-packed show as always. It looks like the final roster projections are pretty much how we pretty much know who's going to be on this opening day roster. So we're going to go through who made the team, check in on their spring training stats, and just basically see who's hot and who's not entering opening day against the Padres. In the second segment, I want to recap a couple spring training games. Uh, Bumgarner started on Friday, uh, yesterday's game, and then today's game. So we'll just go through those games quickly and just really talk about the starters in those games. And then it's Muted Monday, of course, so we're going to wrap up the pod by looking at headlines from the past week, you know, headlines from different articles that I've seen. And we're going to decide if we should mute those headlines or turn that baby up. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account and at LockedOnDimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Just type it in the search bar. But now... Let's get into it. Let's look at who made the opening day roster for the D-backs. Let's look at who is hot and who's not in spring training as we enter opening day. And let's first start with the pitchers because the starting rotation with Zach Gallen out. Tori Lovello has said it. Bumgarner going opening day. Then we're going to see Merrill Kelly that second day. Then Caleb Smith, number three. Taylor Widener, number four, which is pretty shocking, I thought. I thought it would be like a Taylor Clark, the other Taylor. But it's going to be Taylor Widener. And then the fifth starter is going to be Luke Weaver. It's a four-game series against the Padres. So Luke Weaver is going to start it off against the Colorado Rockies in their second series of the season. But Madison Bumgarner on the year in spring training. He's had a pretty interesting spring training. We're going to be talking about his most recent start in the second segment. But spring training, 11.1 innings pitch, eight earned runs, three home runs allowed. Uh, Those are not the good numbers that you want to see from Bumgarner heading into opening day. He's done some really funky stuff with, you know, uh, sidearm deliveries and uh, pitching, you know, like quick pitching and doing just funky stuff on the mound. But what you do like from Bumgarner, he only has three walks in spring training compared to 16 Ks. So that's 12.7 strikeouts per nine. So his fastball velocity hasn't increased at all in spring training, still sitting around 89. But He's been able to strike out dudes because he's been able to keep them off balance, though. He's been able to work on those spin rates and and do just different things on the mound to keep those hitters off balance. So I think outside of his most recent start, he's actually had a pretty solid spring training. You wouldn't know from that 6-3-5 ERA he's currently holding. But uh, outside of that most recent start, I thought... 
Madison Baumgarten had a pretty solid spring training. Uh, Merrill Kelly, we're going to be talking about him in the second segment too because he started yesterday. Spring training, he hasn't been you know that great. He hasn't been great. Merrill Kelly, 18.2 innings pitch, 11 earned runs, 6 walks, 17 strikeouts where you like to see from Merrill Kelly. Almost a strikeout inning, but it hasn't been a, a ton of great success for Merrill Kelly. 3 home runs, a 5.3 year array. And this D-backs uh, starting rotation in uh, spring training, has the highest ERA of, I believe, any staff in spring training. So you, don't, you definitely don't like to see that from the D-backs entering spring training, or excuse me, entering opening day. But I still believe in Merrill Kelly, and for getting 90% of Merrill Kelly from last season, I think that's a big boost to this team. It could make the rotation a little underrated. Got Caleb Smith, who we also are going to talk about in that second segment today. And Caleb Smith... Man, has not had a good spring training. 21 innings pitch, 20 earned runs in just 21 innings, 5 home runs, 11 walks, 25 strikeouts though, so 10.7 strikeouts per 9. So he's been striking out dudes, but he's been walking dudes at a pretty high rate as well. 8.57 year Ray, so he's basically going to be this year's version of a Robbie Ray, which is just going to infuriate me, honestly. Uh, Luke Weaver, 14.2 innings pitch. Eight home runs allowed, 14 earned runs. So just like Caleb Smith, almost a earned run in inning allowed. And eight home runs for Luke Weaver, just atrocious, honestly. You can't give up eight home runs. But Luke Weaver has been pretty confident after every start. Still only three walks allowed compared to 17 strikeouts. So still striking out dudes, not walking a lot of dudes. But you don't like to see, see him give up a ton of home runs. And then Taylor Widener, nine innings pitched this spring training. Four earned runs with a 4.0 ERA. So he's been the best dude out of this bunch in spring training. And get this, 12 strikeouts, only one walk. So it's been pretty good. Taylor Widener in spring training. He's only made one start, I think, in spring training. Mostly come out the bullpen. Maybe he's made a couple of starts. But, hey, we haven't seen him a ton uh, as a starter, as a starting pitcher in spring training. That's part of the reason why I was kind of surprised to see he did get the nod in the rotation to replace Zach Gallon. But I, I thought it was going to be Taylor Clark. And it wasn't Taylor Clark because now let's move to him because he had a pretty good spring training. 12 innings pitch, three earned runs with a 2-2-5 ERA, 10 strikeouts to two walks. I like what Taylor Clark has done this spring training. I think he's going to be a pretty big boost to that bullpen, honestly. And I, I could see him maybe replacing a guy like Caleb Smith if he just absolutely struggles the whole season in the rotation. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a Taylor Clark uh, gets a nod eventually. Stefan Crichton so far in spring training. I haven't seen him a ton. Only four innings pitch. And when he has pitched, it hasn't been great, uh, Stefan Crichton. Seven earned runs allowed in just four innings. He does have six strikeouts, but four walks to go along with that. So for a guy that ended the year's last season's closer, has not looked good so far. Uh, Chris Davinsky, he was announced to make the Major League roster today, which is a huge boost to Davinsky. Uh, you know, it seems like he, you know, all indications were that he was going to make the roster, you know, a few weeks ago, but nothing was guaranteed. But now we know Davinsky is going to be there. He's got seven innings pitched, no earned runs in spring training. So he's been great this spring training. Seven strikeouts. You don't like to see the three walks and seven in innings pitched, but that's really not that bad. So very good. Chris Davinsky, we've seen, and he's been a pretty good reliever. Uh, we know he was an all-star back in 2017, so I don't think we'll get that Chris Davinsky uh, this season, but overall, still like Chris Davinsky. Uh, Kevin Ginkle, this spring training, he's going to make the uh, the Major League roster, and I don't think that surprised anyone. 
Kevin Ginkle so far in spring training, 8.1 innings pitch, only one earned run allowed, eight strikeouts, four walks. So he's been pretty solid so far in this spring training. Uh, I won't get into Yoan Lopez too much. Uh, Joaquin Soria, uh, he's been up and down during this spring training, 4.2 innings pitch, five earned runs. Don't like to see that from Joaquin Soria. Right now, it, it doesn't seem like there's a person that has a lock on the closer role for this D-backs team. So right now, it seems like it's up in the air. It's going to be kind of a revolving door, according to Tori Lovello. I think Joaquin Soria is a front runner to get the first crack at it, but nothing is guaranteed right now for anyone in, in terms of being a closer. Alex Young in spring training, 10 innings pitch, 5 earned runs, 11 strikeouts to 2Ks. He's been all right, the 5 earned runs you don't like to see, but 11 strikeouts, 2 walks. That's pretty good command for a 4.5 ERA. But now let's move to the position players, and let's first start with the catchers. Carson Kelly is, of course, going to make the opening day roster. And Carson Kelly's spring training has not been that good. A 163 average, a 520 OPS, and he only has uh, one home run this spring training. So 10 strikeouts as well. Uh, would like to see more of Carson Kelly. Hoping he has a bounce back this season because we need it. Steven Vogt, I'm not going to get into his numbers, but he's going to make the opening day roster. Nick Ahmed, of course, he's making the opening day roster. There was some injury concerns with Nick Ahmed. Hasn't played a lot recently. Didn't have a great spring training. 190 average, 749 OPS. But I'm going to run through the position players a little bit quicker because I'm not as concerned with the position players as I am with the starting pitchers. I think pitching is more valuable and a better indication of how a player might do come you know regular season than an actual position player but a Jubal Cabrera he's been killing it in spring training 318 average a 960 OPS so love to see that three bombs Eduardo Escobar uh, he's had an interesting spring training but still not that great 231 average 759 OPS but three home runs and you do like to see the 26 RBIs or not RBIs I was looking at total bases actually so only nine RBIs actually for Eduardo Escobar which is pretty solid in spring training so he's been able to bring some dudes home at least Quetzal Marte he's got a 333 average with 1165 OPS so he's been killing in spring training uh, three home runs, 28 total bases. Love to see Ketel Marte uh, put in work. 11 runs scored, which has been really nice for Ketel Marte. Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Matheson, I, I'm not getting into his numbers, but I'm surprised to see him make the opening day roster. Would have rather gone with another bullpen arm than a Wyatt Matheson. Josh Rojas, the main man, been a beast all spring training. I think he's still tied for, uh, for most hits in spring training among all qualified players. And with 24 hits so he's been a stud 343 average 988 ops four bombs 14 ribbies uh, i've loved what i've seen from josh rojas this spring training Paven Smith is making the opening day roster. He's probably going to be platooning with Tim LaCastro out there in right field. A 281 average, which is, you know, he's a pretty good guy with average, a 359 OBP. Just his slugging is low, only 404 for a 763 OPS. He just doesn't have a lot of power, one home run, and he had only four doubles, which is solid, four doubles, but for a guy that the third most at bats, he would have liked to see a little bit more gap power, a little bit more raw power, but the dude has, you know, he has great plate of uh great patience at the plate only 12 strikeouts as well so the dude can hit for contact and he doesn't strike out which is always nice josh van meter 
Uh, he's another guy that maybe I would have replaced with a with a bullpen arm, but you do need this depth on the bench. He's had our right spring training, 235 average, 706 OPS, only two home runs. So uh, we won't get into too much Josh Van Meter. Christian Walker, this dude has been a stud this spring training. Five home runs for the D-backs, 333 average, 1074 OPS, one of the league leaders in RBIs during spring training with 15. So I love what I've seen from Christian Walker. Uh Tim uh Tim LaCastro I'll talk about next. Uh he's gonna be making the opening day roster. He's gonna be seeing a lot of a lot of playing time to start the season because Cole Calhoun, he who is actually ahead of schedule with his injury, probably missed the first week of the season, but Tim LaCastro is going to be taking over in right field, platooning with Paven Smith, as I mentioned before. And Tim LaCastro, of course, always getting hit with these uh, with these pitches during his at-bats. But during spring training, 290 average, 922 OPS, uh, 16 total bases, only five strikeouts, though. So some encouraging numbers for Tim LaCastro. Two stolen bases. He's got the speed. Hopefully, we see that speed on display during the regular season. And then to wrap it up, the last guy to make the Major League roster when we're not counting a, a Cole Calhoun or a Zach Gallen, who are of course making it Tyler Clippard who are all making it but we're not counting them because of injury and the last guy is David Peralta of course the freight train 261 average 849 OPS which is pretty nice six doubles which you like to see for the tide of uh, tied for the most on the team with Ketel Marte both got six doubles so I, I think Peralta's gonna have a pretty good season this year I thought it was pretty good last year for the D-back so I'm excited for what opening day can hold. I went through a lot just now, a lot of numbers just now, and just kind of rattled it off quickly just to check in on everyone who's making the you know opening day roster. Just wanted to see what their spring training stats were like, who was high and who was not entering opening day, just so you guys can have a better feel of how the players are doing as we enter the regular season. Now, we'll recap some of those spring training games from the last few days. But first, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Broskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back into it. Let's recap those spring training games. I mostly want to focus in on the pitching. The D-backs have been really struggling these last 10 games in spring training. They have only one win, five losses, and four ties in their last 10 spring training games. They're being outscored 58-35 to during that stretch. And thank you to AZ Sneak Pit for these stats. Through the first five innings when, you know, it's mostly the other team's starting pitchers on the mound, you know, the best pitchers on the mound, the real starters on the mound for the opposing team, the offense for the D-backs has only scored two runs, zero runs, zero runs, six runs, one run, and one run in their last few games. 
Uh, and it just hasn't been a good time for the starters through the first five innings of their last six games, being outscored 20 runs to just 10 runs. So basically getting doubled up. So hopefully the offense comes around during the regular season. But as again, as I say, I, I'm more focused on pitching in spring training than actual position players. Now, let's first start. I want to start, you know, with the game, not most recently, but the game farthest away. And that's Friday's game against the Reds. This was Madison Bumgarner's last start, and he did not look good in this one. Four hits, six earned runs allowed, and 5.1 innings of work, seven strikeouts, and he had seven strikeouts, three walks, and a home run allowed. And for Bumgarner, he does says he feels ready for the season, but mostly he was just happy to get through the the lineup a few times. He got up and down six times, which he was uh you know pretty pretty happy about honestly. So for Bumgarner, he felt good. Uh, he was just trying to mix in different pitches and use both sides of the plate. So wasn't a great mass and Bumgarner start. He hey he's been pretty solid during the spring training. Honestly, he hasn't been too bad. He's been racking up the strikeouts just like he did in that game. Uh, so it wasn't the best, you know, showing for Madison Bumgarner, especially his last start of the season right before he gets the ball on opening day against the Padres. But if he's feeling good, like I always say, if the, if the pitcher feels good after the start, then there's not much more than I can say about it. But in this game, I, I won't touch on the offense too much, but Rojas, Walker, and Escobar put in work in this game. But now let's talk about that Sunday game, a 7-4 loss to the White Sox. Merrill Kelly was on the mound for this one. His last star of spring training, he gave up just one run, four hits, struck out six, and walked just one person. So it was his best start of spring training. And he said this was the best, uh, the best his stuff has looked all spring training. So he's definitely feeling good. He's definitely feeling confident heading, heading into spring training. And he's the guy that I'm having my eyes on because he could be a, a huge X factor for this team. And I feel like not enough people are talking about. He was easily the second best pitcher in this rotation last year. He was dealing with like a 2-5 something year, right? He was barely walking dudes. His walk rate was insane in the 60 game sample size. And he did get it cut short because of surgery, that thoracic outlet surgery. The same thing as I always say that Markel Fultz got. So I'm hoping Merrill Kelly has, you know, not bounce back, but could continue what he did in 2020. If that's true, this D-backs rotation could be better than people think because I think a lot of people are sleeping on Merrill Kelly. And this and yesterday's game was also the first of Kelly's five starts in which he didn't allow at least one earned run in the first inning. So you got to like that. Kelly attacking the hitters early and not putting early runs on the board. But now let's talk about today's game because today's game was I hope you guys didn't watch it because Caleb Smith, another bad, bad outing for Caleb Smith, who has been putrid in spring training, 3.2 innings of work, seven earned runs allowed on eight hits, two of which were home runs in the team's 7-1 loss. Uh, he walked one bat and struck out five, and the team played uh, the Cubs today, and this was just bad Caleb Smith. He's been bad all spring training, but this is what he had to say. I feel like I'm in good. I, I feel like I'm in a good spot. I've never thrown good in spring training, but I feel like I'm in a good spot right now. That was the best I've thrown my changeup in a while. So, the worst start of spring training, arguably for Caleb Smith, he's feeling good about. He's feeling good after. Uh, he said his he said his changeup was good, the the best he's thrown in a while. So that's the best he's thrown in a while. I'm scared to see what it looks like on an off day, but. Hopefully, he's not the Robbie Ray of next season because the dude can strike out dudes. He can rack up the, the strikeouts, but he throws a lot of pitchers. 
gets in a lot of hitters count and walked a lot of dudes as well. So I'm scared for Caleb Smith. Uh, he gave up, you know, in 2019, as I always said, the most home runs allowed in the American League in 2019. So we'll see if he can clean that up. He hasn't looked good so far in spring training. And uh, I'm just so nervous about this rotation heading into opening day. It was arguably the worst rotation in all of spring training. I think they had the highest ERA in all of spring training. And with the loss today, the D-backs finished the Cactus League at 8-15-5. That's five ties. So hasn't been great, D-backs. Their offense hasn't been great recently. Their pitching rotation, I think, has a 6-8-7. Their starters in spring training in terms of their ERA. So it's been a lot of you know bad stuff, a lot of stuff that's just been a continuation of 2020 honestly but as uh, like everyone says the common cliche is spring training games don't count and that's what i'm banking on into the 2021 season that these games don't count they're just more tune-up uh games and actual indications of what these players are gonna gonna do and how they're gonna perform as we enter the regular season and guys remember i don't think i told you this yet but Lockdown Padres host and I, Javi Reyes, are planning to do a locker room session Thursday. We're going to be hosting one on my channel at Miller Thomas on Locker Room before the game. We're going to do a little pregame, then you know, live watch the game a little bit, maybe the first couple innings. Then we're going to uh, dip out for a little bit. Then we're going to come back on on Javi's feed on Locker Room for about the eighth or ninth inning and talk a little post game as well. So come join me and Javi. Let's talk some baseball. Let's watch some baseball as well because opening day is right around the corner, baby. Now, we'll get into Muted Mondays here on the podcast, but first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the, fi- now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup. It is caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. And this one is easy for me. I love coconut, as I always say, and I love brownie. So I'm going with the coconut brownie chunk. And if you want to vote, go to builtbar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Let's wrap up the pod with some muted Mondays and let's see some headlines that I've been seeing. These are all courtesy of Steve Gilbert. He wrote a little, uh, I don't even know what the article is called, but basically he went through who's going to be the team MVP, uh, you know, best case scenario for the team and things like that. Who is the Cy Young? Who's going to be the Cy Young of this team? And I added a couple more myself uh, to play along with his game. So let's look at these headlines and let's decide if we have to mute them or turn them up. So the first one, this is courtesy of Steve Gilbert. He has the D-backs making the playoffs. And let me read you what he wrote. What do the last two D-backs playoff teams, 2011-2017, have in common? 
In both years, Arizona was coming off last place finishes and little was expected. Well, here we are in 2021, the D-backs are coming off a last place finish and are not amongst people's postseason predictions. The times the D-backs have underperformed came the year after those successful seasons when there were actual expectations. It's possible this year that Arizona will get enough from its pitching staff while its key offensive performers rebound from last year, helping the club to find a way to earn a wild card spot and I'm going to turn this headline up, baby, because I definitely do think the D-backs can make the playoffs. Now, he asked me to put a percentage on it. I say they get a wild card spot 50-50 at best, and that's like best case scenario. The odds of getting a wild card spot are 50-50. I wouldn't put any money on it. I wouldn't put my house on it. Uh, I wouldn't even put my bottle of water on it, honestly. And yes, I say water like that because I'm from the East Coast, and for the D-backs, as we say, we beat the drum on this pod. Which version of the D-backs are you getting? Are you getting the 2019 version or the 2020 version? If they're getting the 2019 version, then they can definitely compete because that team was competitive. And they have a lot of talent, I think, in this starting lineup. It depends on this rotation. Uh, I'm not too sure about Mass and Bumgarner bouncing back. But if Amaro Kelly can bounce back, or he doesn't even have to bounce back. He just has to do what he did in 2020. Luke Weaver is a guy, if he can bounce back, uh, we'll see what Caleb Smith does. But I think the lineup is good enough to compete. And then there's a lot of question marks surrounding the rotation. But I think at least a Zach Allen, a Merrill Kelly, and Luke Weaver could be a pretty good trio for this D-back squad. And you never know, maybe a Taylor Clark steps in or maybe a Taylor Widener is the real deal as well. Uh, Steve Gilbert has the team MVP as Ketel Marte. And we're going to have to turn that headline up because, of course, Ketel Marte is going to be the team MVP. He has to be the team MVP. And this is what Steve Gilbert wrote. The D-backs have built their team with the premise that Marte will be an elite player like he was in 2019. The biggest issue for him biggest issue for him in 2020 was his mechanics at the plate from the left side were off. This spring, he's been driving the ball much better from the left side as well as doing a better job of controlling the strike zone. And Ketel Marte's been killing it this spring training. I think he's too good of a player to have another 2020 season. I think the sample size is really small. I think it was just a weird year. It was a COVID year. I'm just tossing it away. That guy was phenomenal in 2019. He was not just one of the best second baseman. He was the best second baseman in 2019. Finished fourth in MVP voting 2019. 30 bombs, uh, 300 average, uh, a crazy OPS. The dude was a stud in 2019. For the D-backs to be competitive this season, he has to be the team MVP once again. Another uh, headline courtesy of Steve Gilbert, Team Cy Young, Zach Gallen. I don't think that's surprising anyone. Now, how long is Zach Gallen going to be out for? That's a big question. We don't know about the timetable. The only thing right now we know is he doesn't have to see Dr. James Andrews, which is a blessing because that dude is the kiss of death. Uh, whenever you see Dr. James Andrews, just know your season is more than likely done. So right now they're saying, you know, it's his arm, but it's not any of the important ligaments. It's nothing you would need surgery on. He was able to pitch through it, even though he felt discomfort in spring training. So it is something he's been working with. So right now he's he's throwing catch on a pretty low level in the minors, I think. Something something along those lines. And Zach Allen should be back with the, you know, with the D-backs maybe in a few weeks. A month? I, I don't know what the timetable is for this guy. 
D-backs will probably survive a couple weeks without Zach Allen, but if we're talking a month or more, it's gonna, it could get pretty grim for this D-back season if we're relying on Mass and Bumgarner to be the best starter. So hopefully the other dudes in the rotation can step up and hopefully Zach Allen could come back healthy and pitch a full season, you know, after a month or so. Because if he, you know, if he if you do get around 140 innings from Zach Allen, he will be the Cy Young award winner of this team. He won't win it in Major League Baseball, but he'll be the Cy Young of this team and then i wrote in my own headline here and it is the x factor for the d-backs and that is eduardo escobar we're going to turn that headline up too because this dude was a monster in 2019 35 bombs 118 ribbies he was a, a true slugger by every sense of the word but none of that was true in 2020 he didn't even look like he should be an everyday position player he didn't even look like he should be on a major league roster in 2020 and i'm just gonna hope that he came into camp out of shape he's in better shape now he wasn't ready for the start of the season i'm just gonna be making a lot of excuses for eduardo escobar based off the 2020 season i'm hoping he bounces back in 2021 because he's been pretty good for the d-backs in his two short seasons and then the last headline i've written here that i wrote in the breakout player for the D-backs, Josh Rojas. I think you could put a couple names here like a J.B. Braskakis, but right now I'm going with Josh Rojas. He seems locked into second base. He seems like he's potentially is going to be the everyday second baseman with Ketel Marte taking over center field. He's been crushing pitching in spring training, and because of it, I'm going to have to ride with him uh, as the breakout player for the D-backs team. We finally get to see a little bit of return of that Zach Ranky investment. I'm sad I didn't get to draft him in fantasy because someone else took him in like the sixth round, just completely overdrafted Josh Rojas. But I'm in on Josh Rojas this season, and I definitely think he's going to have a breakout year. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. And remember, the Locked on MLB Division preview series will continue on Locked on MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked on MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked on MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!